This week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by you. That's right, we're on Patreon now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For as little as $5 a month, you can help our show and get all kinds of great extra content on top of that. We've got a ton of great bonus content waiting for you right now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, coming to you live from the far off year of 2010. I am your host, Bob Stochastic Mackey, and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Look at this license, I'm Muhammad Jafar. <laughs> no, I'm Henry Gilbert. Hello. I knew it, who else? Uh, double feature of Octopussy, Chris Antista. Oh, I love Octopussy, I saw it <laughs> twice. Uh, who else? Sweet maiden of the spit, Cat Bailey. That's right, Cat is back Woo! due to popular demand. <laughs> and today's episode is Lisa's Wedding. Pull my finger! Uh, right now? <laughs> Move the mics, everybody. Uh, today's episode aired on March 19th, 1995, and as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> Madonna's Take a Bow continues its seven-week journey on the top of the singles charts. It is a great week to own a Game Boy. Uh, this week, book ended with Mario Picross and Kirby's Dreamland 2, and Chris Farley and David Spade make their big screen starring debut with Tommy Boy, and a little boy named Chris Antista turns 15 years old. Uh, happy birthday, Chris. Did you see Tommy Boy on your birthday? I was grounded, and I snuck out of the house, and I saw Damn. that, and <laughs> I saw the movie I'll talk about in the next episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> we, we talked about Tommy Boy on Talking Critic, but I have a a real soft spot for that movie. It's fucking uh, great. It's I great. mean, Black Sheep sucks because it is just Tommy Boy with different jokes, but Tommy Boy is very sweet and it has some great Farley stuff in it too. If you want to get real mad, you should see the pop figures they just revealed that oh, look like oh absolutely no. nothing. God. If you don't have the box logo, you would have no idea what it is because you cannot make a pop as big as Chris Farley. So it's like the uh, Big Bang Theory pop figures. They're even worse. with normal humans. Like, I, oh, it's a guy in a red shirt. I, I love his relationship with his dad in, in that movie, in Tommy Boy. It's really sweet. And Brian Dennehy, yeah, right? Brian Dennehy, who still alive, outlived Chris Farley by a long Jesus time. Christ. But, uh, he, but he dies in the film. Uh, just him and David Spade. But once once he's gone, you're like, oh, David Spade, you you needed Chris Farley. He to, really did. So you to seem uh, you. interesting. Seem unless, I, yeah. unless I told you what these were, you would oh. have no idea that these are Tommy Voigt oh. figures. They're just, uh, they uh, which white guy do you want? They can't spare the extra plastic for a Farley <laughs> yeah, figure? I know. Bob's I know. greatest achievement at US Gamer was writing that down with Funko Pop's article. That's right. And I, I was proven correct. Everyone which said I was crazy. Which periodically pops up on our traffic feed, by really? the way. Really? Okay, yeah, I want still residuals. Does. I demand residuals. <laughs> uh, so this episode, it is an Emmy-winning episode. Yeah. Super yes, it important. Is. It's Rightfully. also the first look into the future. The first episode-long look into the future. But I also want to say, it is the first really fan service episode of The Simpsons. Hmm. Like, you need to come into this episode with existing knowledge to get all of the references that happen in the future to understand why it's funny that certain things happen to certain characters. So yeah. I feel like this is really the first one just for the fans. And that it's fan fiction-y, too. Like yeah. it is. It is a made-up... All stories are imaginary, but this is an imaginary story of what Lisa's future would be. And they've done a lot of future episodes since that in undo this one, mm-hmm. which I don't like. I well, I know what you're going to say. The biggest one was recently, in the last decade, they did one called Christmas's Past, uh, mm-hmm. where it was a Christmas far off in the future where mm-hmm. Lisa's married to Millhouse and her daughter won't listen to her. And then they even did a sequel one to that a couple years ago that 
that followed that timeline, thus making it the most official of the futures yet because huh. it continued it. And for one thing, I don't like that they couple her with Millhouse, yeah. which this episode does the opposite of. He is a balding adult loser with a child's voice. <laughs> yes. Uh. And, and also, yes, that he... That this one gives a lot more openness. It is it is a continuation of their stories, but it it lets all of them keep living. Mm-hmm. But it, but I love this episode. But Kat, you insisted, you made yeah. us have a girl on this episode. So, this sorry. is affirmative action. <laughs> but but this is one of your favorites. Why why is that? Well, it's a Lisa episode. That's I I have a real soft spot for future episodes, but yeah. this is. At its heart, a great Lisa episode. Yeah, yeah, and I think the key to this being Emmy Gold is that it's a James L. Brooks idea mm-hmm. yep. that was written by Greg Daniels, one of the best writers on The Simpsons, a not, co-creator of King of the Hill, by the way. Not unlike Mr. Bertram, one yeah. of my favorite episodes of it, all in time. In fact, I was, reading, uh, I was reading up on this episode, and mm-hmm. people were observing that it kind of bookends Lisa Substitute in a lot of respects, mm-hmm. in yep. the sense that, and maybe we can get into this a little more That deeply, Mr. Bertram but was right about everything? <laughs> well, there are a lot of parallels. Maybe we should leave that till the end of the episode. Okay, but, but yeah. yeah. So to go over the other Emmy Award-winning episodes, episodes so far up to the season the we have life life on the fast lane which was the jock episode the uh oh. the, 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 the lothario bowling instructor and also homer versus lisa in the eighth commandment uh other ones <laughs> that didn't lisa win were radio one. bart's and I can't remember the they other one. They were so pissed off on the commentary, they didn't win with Radio Bart. I think season f- uh, three Radio Bart was nominated. And, and they uh, lost to Will Vinton's claymation. Easter. Easter. Yeah. And I think season five, oh. they nominated Treehouse of Horror 4, which is the one of the God. best looking episodes ever. I'm so not surprised this one got, uh, that actually won the Emmy, because it's really nice. It's the Lisa and Homer having a good moment, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really... Tr- pulls at the heartstrings, uh, the kind of thing that you can totally run a highlight from and people go, oh. Yeah, and I, I wasn't looking for that in The Simpsons when this aired, but at the end of it, it was like, this show is more special than I like mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know that's as a it 15 year old me... I was like this is better than I think it is yeah. why did they do this this is so sweet uh, it still makes me warm and tingly mm-hmm. and I do like that they chose a specific date mm-hmm. too they could have they didn't have to say 2010 mm-hmm. August 2000 <laughs> August 1st 2010 they didn't have to say that mm-hmm. but they made it specifically that thus making Lisa 23 Bart 25 Maggie 16 Homer late 50s early 50s early 50s yeah. and how do you feel young people listening that you're probably older than old Lisa yes. <laughs> no I know we're all older than them so I mean I assume all of you watched this the on August 1st 2010 I did yeah. and I tweeted about it too it's yeah. like today is Lisa's wedding I definitely yeah. watched it and now 2010 feels so long ago yes. it feels, it does. Yeah. well this entire year has felt like 8 million years long <laughs> yeah. we're all dying yes but to, to 2010 now feels very old I have We'll soon be able to watch like new sitcoms or comedy shows. We'll do a like flashback episode that takes place in 2010, and they'll have specific jokes about it. Uh, BoJack Horseman basically did that last the season 2007. with the 2007. One of my Better favorite episodes. Better Call Saul's still doing it. Wow. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just love that they got specific. But I also love that this episode starts. I remember being so shocked because it was advertised as the future episode. Uh. And then it starts with two knights fighting each other. And it's just such a (laughs) wonderful, distracting opening. Zounds, I did the mightily smitely. Zounds is a Renaissance English word short for God's wounds. But uh, smitely, that's pure Flanders. Please call a doctor. <laughs> I never thought of the Ren Fair being set up in opposition to the future stuff, but now that's so great. It's so yeah, clever. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a great mystery. This is 
Merkin and his team, one of their things they're best at is the continual misdirects on the show. And this episode is one of the best ever. They do so many, like, so many teases of something else. They're like, ah, just kidding. That's not the episode. Like, and that it also makes no sense that Flanders bashed in Smithers' head. Like, he was trying to kill him. (laughs) Poor Smithers. There was no safety equipment or anything. (laughs) I feel like it's also the only time Smithers and Flanders have ever interacted Mm. or something. I can't. I can't think of another one. In the good seasons, I can't remember anything. Maybe some deprogramming session at some point. (laughs) So did any of you go to the Renaissance Festival? That's. I've been to a few. I haven't been in years, but like we Mm. were prescribed for school we, we the gifted program went to like out of town to the biggest ren fair in florida every year uh, and it's it's so rife for jokes yeah i mean i uh, love the ren fair mst3k mm. poisoned my mind against ren fairs because mm. a lot of their early jokes were about how bad ren fairs are how annoying everyone is there <laughs> um, is so funny. i was like i never want to go to one of these it sounds so lame which is funny because they're from minnesota and minnesota yeah. has a great renaissance festival i feel like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people go it uh, actually my partner worked for the renaissance festival really they had a shop there she she wore the uh, the bodice and everything. Oh, had the veiny boobs. Yes. <laughs> and the, be a fest without she him. was a 18 year old managing a bunch of carnies. Wow. So, yeah. And, that's, wow. and that's, they're secretly all carnies. It then. is. It's like a sub county fair, but oh. somehow, but somehow more respectable. I mean, they're the one in Springfield looks really bad. I mean, the one in Minnesota is great. Like I loved it. People get really dressed up for mm-hmm. it. The cosplay was a big thing and. You could do fencing, yeah. but Homer had the right ideal. He he was eating the the chi- the huge thing of ham. Yeah, the suckling pig. Yeah, I love those giant turkey legs you get in medieval times. And this could, could be only me. Every year, you would dip your hand in wax and make mm. a candle out of it. That's mm. what I did at every rent. Oh, fair. I've seen those. I never mm-hmm. got to do that though. Uh, also, Kat, have you seen these the trekkies who go to uh, <laughs> rent fairs and pretend to be? Uh, Starfleet people there. Having, having I haven't, down. but that sounds kind of amazing. Actually. There's a Mr. Yeah. Show joke about it, but it's yep. based on a very, very real thing. Aha, uh-huh, <laughs> these earthlings from the past. Uh. Marge is so good at a loom, by the way. It's so, that's mm. one of my favorite Marge jokes. Hi, Bart, I am weaving on a loom. She uses her loom <laughs> skills to make the most obvious statement to Bart. Yes. It's not even interesting. It's just like, look what I just did. It's, it's such a great mob joke. Every time I teach someone how to use technology and laser time, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> well, I, I am making a test post. I also think of it <laughs> I feel guilty now watching that joke because I was part of my mom. If she showed off a talent, I'd be like, nah. Like, yeah. I, I was part instead of like he should be amazed looms are really that hard that shit takes forever I don't yeah. know how Marge did that so quick <laughs> she did a lightning fast yeah, I also did love just the visual of Homer watching the pig turn over that and Lunch great. Lady Doris appears yeah she uh, she has two appearances in this which well at the same time as she's starring or co-starring in the critic she's doing this show still even Chief Wiggins <laughs> getting another joke behold the rarest of the rare the mythological two-headed hound born with only one head Ooh, and here, out of the mists of history, the legendary Esquilax, a horse with the head of a rabbit and the body of a rabbit. <laughs> oh, it's galloping away. Here, buddy, buddy. Here, buddy. Here, Esquilax. Esquilax is one of those great made-up Simpsons words yes. that sounds like it could be a real thing, but it's not. It took me into Googling it. Me yes. too. Chief Wiggum, Chief Wiggum spent more time thinking of that name than he did at the actual exhibit. Yeah, <laughs> this is far too clever for Chief Wiggum. Yeah. All of these uh, these uh, these fake animals that are actually real. Yeah, I like that. Maybe he is te- secretly a fantasy dork who yeah. loves manticores and griffins, and but and also gluing uh, rainbow wigs to chickens. <laughs> that beagle design is so cute. Yeah, I love that. 
just I wanted to snuggle that beetle. Point out the designs of the animals. It made me feel like this is the first non Mr. Honey Bunny rabbit on The Simpsons <laughs> after six seasons because it looks so jarring. They look kind of normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the animals, for example, mm-hmm. uh, that the Simpsons have. The... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, they all have Simpsons overbites. The purple yeah. hamsters from Bart oh, the Genius. Those purple <laughs> hamsters, man. Uh, and it's also interesting that it is Lisa chasing a rabbit into a mysterious mm. world. So it's a little of See, uh, uh, like Alice think, in Wonderland. Uh, I'm thinking it's a Blaster Master reference. <laughs> uh, Glad I'm here with all game people. We but, got it. Uh, but that's where she meets the fortune teller. Would you like to know your future? <laughs> Sorry, I don't believe in fortune telling. I should go. What's your hurry? Bart, Maggie, and Marge are at the joust. And Homer is heckling the puppet show. <gasps> wow, you can see into the present. <laughs> now we'll see what the future holds. The death card? No, that's good. It means transition, change. Oh, oh that's cute. <gasps> the happy squirrel. That's bad? Possibly. <laughs> the cards are vague and mysterious. They seem to be revealing the story of your first love. I, I like the joke about how the cards can be whatever you want them to be because yeah. tarot isn't real. My, my girlfriend was really into tarot mm. and it was impossible mm. to get a beat on. A lot of people I know have gone through tarot phases, mm-hmm. including yeah. my partner and many of my friends. Yeah. So. I prefer the use of tarot in video games. Like, I'm part of the <laughs> fool class. I well, persona uses it yeah. quite well. Mm. But yeah, I, I like the art in it. I learned a lot about tarot from uh, Alan Moore went through a magic phase that he's mm. still in. Basically, he, he, <laughs> he got like crazy. He's into sex magic. A weird sex wizard now. Yep, he's a weird sex wizard. Well, and drugs. Weird drugs he and sex wizard. He went through a magic phase that he's still in. Okay. Yeah. You can't be a sex wizard without drugs. <laughs> yeah, I totally. want the happy squirrel in Persona, by the way. Yes, uh, yes. And so he, <laughs> I want to bond with that. Alan Moore did a comic called Promethea, which is amazing. I actually really love it. But six issues of it are just him explaining magic to you. It's It's like... It's kind of a religious tract, except for magic, and it goes through each card Whoa. in the tarot deck. And Slow down, them. Orson Welles. Yeah. Well, Pump the, the brakes. It gets even. It gets way more conceptual after that. In the comic Promethea, Alan Moore says you experience the literal apocalypse by reading it, and then it's over. <laughs> like that's that's how full of himself he is. Wow. Like, but <laughs> I, I, anyway, I love that line. You can see into the. I find it interesting that she, like, a lot of the time these kind of, these charlatans will come up with something really vague to Mm -hmm. make you think, Mm -hmm. oh my god, you said something really vague in general. She has very specific information on Lisa. (laughs) She is magic, except, I guess she isn't magic because she doesn't disappear into, uh... Smoke, it's like that, um, that that TB psychic guy who would John talk Edwards. to you. Yeah, John Edwards. It was well, the, cold reading. Cold reading, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like these very obvious things that will lead you to more info about the people. She then flashes to specifically 2010 and an Eastern University, which knowing Simpsons' history of writers, I mm. think it's got to be Harvard. Yeah. Like, mm. This is future Harvard, now past Harvard. Eastern University, because every Simpsons writer went to Harvard, or most of them did. It's a real fraternity type thing. She also it, flies out of Logan Airport later on. So. Uh, okay. There's this joke I never even heard of. I've, I've not talked to lots of people who go to Harvard, but comedian Paul F. Tompkins says this joke about how people who were went to Harvard always brag of saying like, I went to a university in Boston. You know, I don't like to brag. <laughs> it's, it's just an Eastern University. 
when they really they want to brag so hard they went to harvard but uh yes then we have quite a little meet cute between these two. Oh no sorry i wanted to say that tin man thing oh my the tin man bit was so funny another great mislead mm-hmm. so fucking good and and i mean how can you forget in memory of a real tree <laughs> yes we still have real trees though yeah the, no they, and no hollow trees yet although we have yet. holographic rap stars true <laughs> yeah they should have predicted holographic rap stars the last copy was just signed out by um, oh hugh Parkfield. Oh, there he is. No, it couldn't be. Phew. Thanks for holding my book while I tied my shoe. Oh, <laughs> that's the book I need. You'll probably take forever with it, too. I can read faster than you. I read at a 78th grade level. Right here. Finish this page. Ages ago. I'll get the dictionary. Why? You'll see when you get there, the word stochastic. Pertaining to a process involving a randomly determined sequence of observations. Immediately <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> love. Hmm. First they hate each other, now all of a sudden they love each other. Oh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Of course not, you're a robot. It's <laughs> the one of uh, three oh. exploding heads. Exploding I love robot that. I could watch that all day. Yeah. Just... The way the water leaks out of their eyes and then causes them to die. They, they should have fixed that design problem. I think Whenever... it's Jim Reardon who did the animation in this episode. Oh, yeah, he's the director, and yeah. he's the guy you trust. I mean, you have all new designs, all new backgrounds, all new, like, uh, you know, characters are aged in a different way, so... I just love the implied cruelty that they built robots to die once <laughs> yeah. they feel emotions. If you feel emotions, you die. It's very dark. I feel let down. We don't have robots yet? Jeez. Yeah. Mm, they can, yeah, they can't We didn't have them in 2010. Low awesome They're moving. <laughs> They're moving on those sex robots. They're getting they're getting closer. Yeah, you got to see my Hatchimal. So <laughs> this Mute is totally a reference to Love Story from 1970. Yes, yes, mm, yeah, which I've never seen, would not know about if not for a Kids' Days in the Pictures. It caused quite the sensation back yeah. in 1970. All of our parents had sex from that yeah. movie. Probably. Did it cause my wife to leave me? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, Robert. Robert Evans. Robert said, Evans. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah I didn't watch that movie either. It's Love. I I've, the definitely most, before my time. I, the most I've seen of it is just from clips in the Robert Evans documentary. Yeah, which... it's some other generation's Disturbia where you look back and are like, <laughs> why do we all like this so much? This has not stood the test of time. Uh, but I didn't want to talk about Mandy Patinkin because oh, I love oh, Mandy Patinkin how... so much. And I just found out he's not British. He's no, not British at all. No. Like I was shocked to find I know nothing about him outside of The Princess Bride. And, so. but Apparently what... he does accents. With those two roles, he's Inigo Montoya in Princess Bride and Hugh in The Simpsons, he's... I think with only those two roles, he's like one of the greatest pop culture beings of all time. But more importantly, he's in Criminal Minds. That's looking at his IMDb. I'm like, what is Mandy Patinkin famous for? Like Homeland? Well, he did. Yeah, the translation of Castle in the Sky. Like what the fuck? He did Chicago Hope and was killed off on it because he was being difficult behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. But where he got famous first was on Broadway. But he's an he's an amazing singer. He his biggest uh, things on Broadway were Evita Mm -hmm. and. Sundays in the Park with George. I'm so jealous. A few years ago, a friends of mine saw an evening with Patti LuPone and Mandy Patinkin where they sing all their big hits and they were co-stars in Evita and they sang their Evita songs. But what if Mandy Patinkin were a horse? That's yes. why I know who he is. Exactly. And Mr. Show This sent me directly into watching Run, Ronnie, Run because outside of <laughs> Princess Bride and this, that's the only thing I know yes. Mandy Patinkin from. Mm. And I've seen some of Homeland. Well, I do want the, I want listeners to hear one of his, his version of Over the Rainbow is my beautiful. Let, give it a listen here. Much better. So, Somewhere over the rainbow 
heard of once in a lullaby. Oh, I love that you yeah. can hear a little He's human. He's no Liza, but he'll do. <laughs> Just, oh, That's how he does the Mr. Show. I do yeah. want to point out, I think You're it's obvious. brutalizing. <laughs> but uh, Hugh Parkfield, the name, obviously referencing Hugh Grant, mm-hmm. a very uh, popular romantic comedy star at the time. In a few months, he would pick up a sex worker, and that would be his <laughs> new identity for a few years as mm-hmm. the, the shameful guy who cheated on him with her. Was that 1995? Wow. It was 95, June of 95. I, I thought Hugh Grant would die with that haircut. That mm. Hugh, Hugh has because he had it for so long in every single movie. He yeah, was I mean in. Hugh Parkfield's hair is Hugh Grant's mm-hmm. hair, and like but then in like uh, 2003, he spiked it up, yes. he cut it short, cut. Mm-hmm. He basically, I think, still has the same haircut he had in um, Bridget Jones' Diary. <laughs> I also like the Divine. She got to she got rich off that. She got to she got to be in porn and be <laughs> hosting all this stuff. She got. She got to Good make some her. money off of that. I'm glad. Real sex worker money. The yeah. downside of that, all of this is that this made Jay Leno number one on late yep. night. Yep. Forever. Yeah. Forever beating Leno. And everybody was always on his show first yeah. instead mm-hmm. of the other way around. I hate so. that factoid. Yeah. All <laughs> thanks to him luckily getting him. Uh, all thanks to Hugh Grant's fickle no, pickle. Thanks yeah. to him being in L.A. That's all it was. Yeah, he always would get it first. But man. I was just giving her a ride home. I swear. <laughs> well, meanwhile, Mandy Patinkin, he's a New York star. He was on lots of Letterman stuff. There was there was him. There's a fun one of him singing over the rainbow in Letterman too, with him goofing around. But, but just that's an, a better version. Inigo Montoya. Yes. That's how. <laughs> yeah. The only other way. For most straights. Of you... That's who's he most famous for. <laughs> you straightsies. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm saying the gays don't like Princess Bride, one of the greatest movies of I all time. Sure they he's, also he love totally it. steals that movie too. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's kind of his movie. And he well, is that, that group. Andre yeah. the Giant and yeah. Montoya and, uh, and Wallace Shawn. Inconceivable. Yeah. He is yeah. really good in this episode. Really, yes, really good. Excellent. Like more subtle than most guest performances. Mm-hmm. And had no idea it wasn't a real Brit, had no idea who Mandy Patinkin was. It's just a great character. <laughs> the Simpsons will be right back. They couldn't have predicted it back in 1995, but Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons is the future. It lets you live one week in the future, in fact, because you get to listen to every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and ad-free if you sign up there for just $5 a month. That supports Talking Simpsons. Let Bob and myself do this full-time for your listening pleasure. Every dollar helps, and we really appreciate it. But what more do you get for it? Well, you get every episode of Talking Critic exclusively there where we go through the series of The Critic one episode at a time. You also get all the season wrap-ups of Talking Simpsons and tons of exclusive interviews, including ones with Simpsons writers like Bill Oakley and Reed Harrison with several more cool ones brewing in the background. Not to mention our cool interview with OKKO creator Ian Jones-Cordy. And we do a monthly community podcast, Talk to the Audience where we read our favorite comments, all that and more at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Give it a listen, even if you're a humorless vegetarian. Who 
it's the futuristic clothes of 2010 in this week's episode when you could wear the awesome t-shirts of 2017 like the Talking Simpsons t-shirt that's available at shirtsickle.com or at tiny.cc slash talking shirt. If you head over there, you can grab a t-shirt for yourself or for somebody else as a wonderful gift for the holiday season starting at just $19.99. It comes in multiple different sizes, ships relatively internationally. There are lots of options there. You can check it out for yourself at shirtsickle.com or at tiny.cc slash talking shirt. It's really cool. I have one for myself and I really like it. Check it out. Hey, this is Jerry Cooney, professional boxer and official greeter of Mr. Burns Casino. Welcome to Mr. Burns Casino. If there's anything I can do to make your visit more enjoyable, please, just let me know. Yeah, great. See you. You're listening to the guys on Talking Simpsons. Hey, is it bug off? This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. I, well, throw in some bells of Fraggle Rock. It's okay. one of my favorite Christmas specials. It's clearly written by... I don't want to say atheist, but non-denominational people. It simultaneously points out, yeah, all these holidays are wrapped in bullshit, but based on something real. The solstice. And the bells of Fraggle Rock, the Fraggles have to get together and sing and ring bells so the bell at the heart of the rock will continue to spin. It'll stop being cold. Uh, And Gobo's like, this is all bullshit. Where's any proof that this exists? And I love this clip because you'll hear a familiar voice in here, a character who appeared only like four times on the Fraggles, Cantus, uh, the guru character. But this is Gobo as the non-believer. Let the festival begin! No! Wait! Have you ever seen the Great Bell? Not with my eyes. Well then, how do you know it really exists? Come on, what do you see? We see with our eyes. We know with our hearts. Mary, answered your stupid question. Well, what kind of an answer is that? The kind that follows your question. This is Jim Henson in a rare appearance. That sounds like a bunch of pitch-shifted Lebowski's talking <laughs> to each other. <laughs> it's just your opinion, man. Yeah. It's just your opinion, but I'm man. Like... arguing with Dr. Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heavy shit, man. Maybe there isn't any Christmas. That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LazerTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, Ecosystem of the Marsh by Thompson, as far as I can see, is not a real book. They just make it up. And by 2010, soy-based snacks were much tastier than what they are in this episode, (laughs) as a a soy boy. I prefer Satan, though. I just really like, I just want to note that I really like Lisa's adult design. They really did a nice job of aging her up. They make it work by not making her look too, while still having hair that is also her skin Mm -hmm. color, they still make it work. But it's cute now. And she looks more like a flower than ever before for some mm. reason. And that she must be getting like a master's or something. And she's like 23 and mm. still in Harvard. So. Hey, I got my degree at 26. It took me and seven years. You're, you're surprised that she's going to graduate school? Oh, certainly yeah. not. No. Her, her pearls are over her uh, turtleneck, too. They kept her mm-hmm. pearls as well. Yeah, it's true. That almost seems like, I, I don't know, pearls over turtleneck. Is that fashionable? I don't think so. But they nah. need the pearls. But it it's is 2010. Maybe they were just assuming that maybe fashion will change a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's true. But uh, yes, then they go, they go on a couple dates which uh, this is a real dig at Jim Carrey I gotta say I've never met anyone who so understood the magic of Jim Carrey he can make you laugh with no more than a frantic flailing of his limbs I can't believe how much we have in common 
We're both studying the environment. We're both utterly humorless about our vegetarianism, and we both love the Rolling Stones. Yes, not for their music, but for their tireless efforts to preserve historic buildings. <laughs> Lisa, I can't bear the thought of being apart from you all summer. Come back with me to Parkfield Manor. I'd love to. Can we get vegetarian meals at your parents' house? Yes, we can, Lisa. That is good because eating animals is wrong. So very wrong. When will the world learn? I don't know. I just don't know. That's that's so great. <laughs> as much as I am annoyed by digs at vegetarians, that's a, that's a nice joke. And yet she joke. wasn't a vegetarian yet. No, uh, well, she was in, in the historic. Future, in the future, she is. She is. I think yes. this foreshadows her later. Yeah, vegetarian. that's one of the, the the bigger issues that you see. Maude Flanders in 2010. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But so Merkin is a vegetarian. He I don't is, know if yeah. he was at this point in production or not. I think so. I think uh, so the steel wheelchair tour was the poster <laughs> in the background. The 2010 Rolling Stones tour was actually called steel? Ladies and gentlemen the rolling stones oh so and they're okay. still they're, they're still touring too they right? are but it, yeah. the steel wheels tour well, in 19- oh, steel wheels was a, mm-hmm. an older tour then mm-hmm. right okay well in 1995 the idea of the rolling stones still touring Being was alive. utterly ludicrous wow you're right that was yeah. a fucking joke that wasn't supposed to have come true yeah. no way would they still be doing it 15 years from now instead 22 years and later didn't they, they do the super bowl it. at some point yeah. like mm-hmm. relatively recently jesus christ so, yeah. that was suppo- but you think that that was a dig at jim carrey well the dig it's is that read. within 15 years he would have made 40 films Films that would all be considered classics. So the point is, he was making too many movies. Yes, and then also the idea of like he can make you laugh with nothing but the flailing of his limbs, which means <laughs> yeah. he overacts and tries too hard. I think right? they're pointing out he is Lisa's generation's uh, Jerry Lewis. Yes, and this uh, was before well, the Truman Show. This yeah. is pre-Truman Show, but it's also a reference to 1994, and we talked about this so much in 302010. I don't know that we'll see a bigger celebrity in our lifetime than Jim Carrey. 1994, he was in, like, February, Ace Ventura, Summer, The Mask, December, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Three insanely insane. So in one year, he went from being a guy who was on this TV show that no one seemed to care about for four years to the biggest star in the fucking world. Yeah. The biggest payday anybody's ever been paid for a movie in one year. Cable guy. Yeah. These writers are in the biz. They probably knew what he was going to be in in 1995 as well. He's in five 1995 movies, too. So it's like, when will this ever end? It ended probably after the the, um, Man on the Moon, I would say. Thirteen. Well, kind of. The hype died after Man on the Moon. Well, but he did Liar, Liar as kind of his return. That thing. was pre-Man on the Moon. Oh, it is. Well, yeah, that's yeah, 97. Okay. But he's he's kind of gone in and out of stuff. Sorry, me, started, myself, and Irene was. Yeah, that, yeah, that was post-Man on the Moon. That was the one that like people kind of went, man, he sure is going weird, isn't he? And yeah, then he started. Right. And then a lot of a lot of the movies that he made sub post me, myself, and Irene. Like mm-hmm. there was Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind and right. stuff, that which was nothing, amazing. It's great, but it has nothing to do with Jim Carrey. That's an outlier, yeah. sort of like Punch Drunk Love mm-hmm. for Adam Sandler. That's but, a great film to watch on Valentine's Day. Where where were you sitting now? That Netflix documentary Jim and Andy is about to premiere and we can see the moment Jim Carrey knocks something loose in his head which I love who he's become I love I love Jim Carrey now this weird zen like what the fuck does this even matter what none of this matters he is a broken man it doesn't seem broken it's just like what more does he need suicide recently I think (laughs) I might have something or a long time girlfriend committed suicide not that he's at fault I watched his art documentary and I just love He's also an anti-vaxxer, though. Is he? I thought just Jim Carrey was. He wrote a whole thing on Huffington Post about oh, it many years ago. All right, ago. I'll mm-hmm. stop exalting Jim Carrey. I hope he's lovely. Canted. By 2010, he did have 40 credits to his name. Though that yeah. counts TV and movies, are not we, 40 Are we movies. counting Once Bitten? <laughs> <laughs> or that Duck Show? What was that? Duck, Duck Factory. Duck yeah. Factory, yeah. Mm-hmm. All six episodes, all the time. David Merkin said that it was not a knock at Jim Carrey, but I think that's what he says 
That's what he'd say on a 2006 commentary. Not uh, I think it was Tongue Tung- Tung- like, I love Jim Carrey. He's yeah. great. <laughs> he only makes good movies. I think, well, like I said about the Seinfeld references, acknowledging another phenomenon that's happening during The Simpsons, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it as positive or negative. I kind of wish they went one way or the other. I also love the gag that the wacky old designs for planes, those are the futuristic planes <laughs> yeah. or the old planes. That plane is straight out of like stock footage you would see of crazy <laughs> flying machines. And then we find out that the park fields are landed gentry. They are they are the Mr. Darcy of Pride and Prejudice. Ooh, la di da. Beautiful dinnerware, Mrs. Parkfield. Thank you, Lisa. They were made for the finest family in Britain. I don't know how we <laughs> ended up with them. Uh oh. Should I laugh? Is that dry British wit or subtle self pity? Oh, they're staring at me. Better respond. Ha 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 ha. Oh, it's good to hear a boisterous American laugh. And I love that painting. Judging by the clothes, I'd say 17th century. Actually, Lisa, it's just Uncle Eldred. Oh, get me brain medicines from the National Health. <laughs> Socialized medicine, everybody. Yeah. I want to point out that in the uh, title, The Secret of NIM, mm-hmm. NIM stands for National Institute of Mental Health because mm-hmm. wow. these rats were experimented on. <laughs> wow. That's, that's not a that joke. You had that in your brain. It's but the why? truth. But people need they, to know. But why would the government pay to take care of people's mental health? That's everyone else's responsibilities but the government. That guy should be living alone with yeah, a gun. Exactly. He should I, have all the guns he wants. That's his prescription. Huh. I very much relate to Lisa meeting her... Yeah. Uh, potential British in-laws because I, I I work for a company that is owned by a British company and <gasps> yes our sister site is Eurogamer so I interact with a lot of British people and uh they will say occasionally they will say a thing and I'll be like is that meant to be funny I, I think that's supposed to be funny they're looking at me oh crap mm-hmm. you wonder if it's a joke I've worked Chris and I worked a lot with British dudes they had to hire well. someone to like take out obscure Britishisms when articles came now, Massive self-deprecation is a big yes, thing with yeah. them. They're I, beer drinkers. I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they all are like, well, why aren't you going to a pub after work? But this they don't yeah. just drink. I mean, whenever I go there, by the third day in a row of heavy <laughs> drinking, I'm like, okay, I'm done, guys. It <laughs> actually makes me tired. I used to work with Kat, and uh, we went to a wine bar. We were just having uh, dinner or whatever with our bosses, and I was like, oh, I'm in a wine bar. I just want to get a beer. Will I be looked down upon? And like one of the head honcho showed up and he ordered a beer. I was like, okay, this is good. <laughs> I, I, I respect the, the Brits now. I remember the Brit we worked with that we joked with him about uh, how British he was and then he said like, oh no, when I go back to England all my friends make fun of me for being too Americanized and mm. I think all their accents sound crazy now to me because I've heard it, I've been too Americanized. But I, I think that's one of Yardley's best acting ever. Like, ha 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 ha. Uh, I think it was an excellent yeah. impression of a baby ox. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa versus Mo. Vote in the comments. I've, I've just been in that kind of feeling of the non-committal laugh at something mm. like. Ah. Yes, we've done a lot of podcasts together. Yeah. Oh, come on! Now. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Kat, did you like how every communicator watch is a Star Trek yes. sound? Like your Star Trek sounds and everywhere. Jetsons yeah. noises. Every yes. car makes a Jetsons noise. <laughs> yes, <laughs> even though they're still just regular cars. With all the hey, the Star Trek is becoming the future. So much of Star Trek has like actually come true. Next yeah. thing you know, we're gonna have warp drive. Yeah, I hope so. Not mm. Scary. We, I can't wait. The bar, can, that BART is too slow. We can <laughs> conquer every other planet and strip them for their resources. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I, Him proposing to Lisa is a lovely scene, especially the 
very visual, so there's no clip of it of just the the writing out in text of like it gets longer and longer, <laughs> doing me the honor of the holy tradition of, of mattress. <laughs> and then the cow, the cow would marry me on it. They just shove the cow, and then it just kills two more robots. Yeah. Like that was beautiful, and absolutely reflective of the character of Hugh, where mm. he would say way too much with his fireworks. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Very, too proper. Like, calm it down, Hugh. Like be be a little less proper. Yes, and then then we get another great prediction of stuff like this is being on Facetime with someone over fifty. Yeah, right? I think the nineties predicted like you will always be on a video phone, but now that we have that capability, Dude, it's like I never want to be so on. That's, yeah. that's what I love about it because everybody's wrong. I do love this version of the future, though. I, I, if they hadn't put 2010 in, we'd have no complaints. Yeah, it's just a this fun version of the future. This could be any year. Yeah. It'd be great. Uh, but I love that. Yes, every future predicts video phone calls. We have all have smartphones. Not only do none of us want to do a video, no one wants to do a voice call. Uh-huh. Everybody wants to text, text. an email. Would prefer text, text an email. Oh, a phone call. You're either my mom or someone's dead. Or like, you're yes. Yeah, so you're or you're like overseas and we can't. Talk. I don't know. A lot of teenagers be hanging out on Facetime, like yeah. talking with They'd one be another like, and uh, stuff. A lot of a lot of couples. I know that I know that for sure. And that my uncle, who you know flies planes mm-hmm. to like Shanghai, does it with his family all the time. But I think. The, everybody overestimated how much we wanted to look at one another during a phone it's call. It's true. And the one thing they could never predict is that we would always be looking at our phone. Yes. I think it was a, too much of a depressing proposition from the and 90s. I'm, I'm thinking about the framing because Marge's fingers, it's like, even on FaceTime, you wouldn't see my hands. Yeah, no. Marge is far back from her picture phone. Yes. yes. No, of course, never predicted that smartphones would become a thing. And it is a proper phone where yeah. they were telling her to get off, telling Maggie to give, get off the phone. She's it, tying up the phone line. It's an actual cord. phone. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. Maggie even has a cord. Hi, Mom. Lisa, hello. How are you doing in England? Remember, an elevator is called a lift, a mile is called a kilometer, and botulism is called steak and kidney pond. Guess what? <laughs> you and I are getting married. All right. Lisa, that's wonderful. If only your father was still with us. <laughs> but he left for work a few minutes ago. <laughs> Mom, remember when I was little, we'd always plan my dream wedding, and you always promised to, you know, well, keep Dad from ruining it? Oh, don't worry, honey. I guarantee your father will behave. Mom, it's a picture phone. This? This? Oh, no. I, I've just got a touch of the rheumatiz. Oh. <laughs> Mom, picture phone. <laughs> just that pregnant pause on Homer to let the viewer think for two seconds Homer's dead in yeah. this future. Like a lot of Merkin jokes, it only works once, but it is shocking when you hear it. Like, yes. what? Homer's dead in the future? This is where the gags start to be the, the fan service of, oh, man, what happened to so-and-so? Yeah. yeah. And that's when we get to see how, well, first we get the great misdirect of, you see the establishing shot of a building, you see Bart in a business suit, mm-hmm. and then they pull back like, no, he's smashing down the building. And it's supposed to be a fake tuxedo t-shirt, but mm-hmm. it's not drawn. It's hard that, to convey that with animation. Like, I'm yeah. wearing a drawing of a tuxedo on a t-shirt. It does not read that way, but it, it's funny. But I'd say Yardley doesn't have to change your voice too much to be grown up, Lisa. Bart, unfortunately, it's a problem I, it, for me. It's well, they, jarring, and I love it. They yeah. electronically changed it. It is yeah. shifted. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. They definitely lowered it. But what happened to Millhouse? Woohoo! Oh, Marge, that's great news! Hey, hey, there with a personal call, Simpson. Oh, uh, but Mr. Millhouse, my little girl's getting married. Lisa? Oh, my one true love. Huh flashback. It's not you, Millhouse. I just don't plan to ever get married. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. 
I think I'll write your performance evaluation now, Simpson. Well, we do find out that Lisa and Milhouse did do the Dirty Dingo later they did. in this episode. They did do it. Milhouse doesn't, doesn't count. count. Yeah. But I, uh, Mr. Milhouse might be my favorite two words of this whole show. Mr. Milhouse. Mr. Milhouse. <laughs> and it, I did not notice until the clip. I noticed the Star Trek door sounds, but that's just the bridge. It's the original series the bridge, yeah. Yes, yeah. But poor Milhouse, like, he's bald at 26. Like, he's <laughs> no, that ev- bald. Everybody's bald. He, yep. looks, he to, looks forty at the age of twenty six. Every yeah. every male character has like either a patch of baldness or has gone completely bald, or the hair is receding. It's the, I yeah. wonder if it's a statement on radiation in the city. <laughs> I think it's just the, the easiest way to age. Meanwhile, to age up yeah. characters. Meanwhile, Homer's boss is literally half his age. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that's the, I love that, Jeff. But, and it's Millhouse. Millhouse Len, is his boss. Lenny and Carl are in the office. They have all, they have fancier jobs now, and Homer is just. The same place. Hey, Burns is right. He is there forever. Yes, in the same that's place. true. It's true. Hey, and but I would kill to have a job that I can keep for like for 30 real. years at this point. Yeah. Someone who's a... A little just, bit of job security probably gets benefits. That is oh, a total yeah. 90s joke. Like, what if you had a job forever? Oh, Wouldn't no. Wouldn't that fucking suck? Fight Club, everybody. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I also love the sign gag. Still operating thanks to lengthy appeals process. Yes. Such a great gag. They, they say it on the commentary, but it's so clever to have flashback within a flash forward. Mm-hmm. Homer wants to plan the wedding himself. He's got so many great ideas. Will that girl ever shut up? Okay, Marge, I'll plan everything. We can have the reception at most. Wait, why not have the whole wedding there? We'll do it on a Monday morning. There'll be fewer drunks. Homer, don't take this personally, but I've obtained a court order to prevent you from planning this wedding. Where is Homer Simpson? Well, these seem to be in order. I'll be out back in the hammock. He just gives up immediately. That was very nice of Homer to be like, well, I can't fight this. Yep, boop. Oh, uh, he's all seemed to be in order. And they deny you Maggie's voice this entire episode. That is a great too. joke yeah. because that could be a huge reveal. Like, what does Maggie sound like? And in the future, they've never, other future episodes, she's never talked. They always keep her from talking in those two. Even in the uh, lame-ass uh, Native American one. Oh, Bart to the Future? Yeah. That predicted that- Trump? Yeah. yeah, I yep. like when they take the well oh, crap. We have to figure out what Maggie's going to sound out. Uh, why don't we just turn it into a joke that she never talks? Mm-hmm. And I also like that they're having to be old parents who are like they're in their fifties, but they got a sixteen-year-old. They're like, oh, we're so we don't want to be parents anymore. The uh-huh. other two are gone. Ugh. But that that also lets Maggie be a little hellion as they talk about later in it. And uh, yeah, so we got to find out what happened to Mister Burns, which I love this joke. So is this line of the show for me? It is. But who yes. killed Mister Burns? <laughs> Mister Smithers plus guest. Huh? There's only one person I would want to bring. <laughs> oh, Mister Burns will thaw you out the second they discover the cure for. 17 stab wounds in the back. Yeah. How are we doing, boys? Well, we're up to 15. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's the joke. It's, uh, uh, it's weird. Like, maybe Marge <laughs> has mellowed out in her old age, but it's weird that he uh, she would invite Smithers, who was an accessory to Mr. Burns trying to destroy their life multiple mm. times. That's true. Yeah. yeah I, in this future, perhaps uh, Smithers has befriended them more, and they're like, well, we... If this is the future after Homer the Smithers, then I guess they've been not, warmed up to him. So. That's true, but, yeah. <laughs> but that, I just, again, wonderful misdirect. Do you think that he's 
he had a disease. He had something. He's like, no, someone stabbed him in the back I, 17 <laughs> times. I like the idea of a cure for being stabbed in the back. Yes, and yes. that they've solved 15 of the stab wounds, but not the last two. <laughs> Up to 15. And uh, that he's been in a tube since then, which means like he was immediately stabbed in the back by someone. He was stabbed in the back, then immediately shoved in the tube. It's a very Walt Disney joke. Yes, yeah. And uh, I feel, though, sad for Smithers that he's been pining away at this frozen bird this entire for 15 years or something but the, the, uh, the next clip is also one of my favorite lines because it yes. was cut for syndication mm. it's the one that gets cut because it's i guess it's not that necessary the school but, stuff's not yeah. that the school stuff with skinner and and lovejoy isn't that funny mm-hmm. neither is i don't think that i didn't get it the martin clip's not that funny to me either but it contains a phantom. line i say every day like every other podcast now turn to the next problem mm. if you have three pepsis and drink one how much more refreshed are you? You, the redhead in the Chicago school system? Pepsi? Partial credit. Partial credit. <laughs> Partial credit. I say every time somebody gets something half right. Our corporate Partial dystopia credit. school system. That's he, That was kind of right, yeah. I gotta say. Well, I thought I remember Doonesbury predicting that in a series mm. of comics. that Instead of classrooms, we'd have cable channels devoted to subjects. Well, and that's it, it definitely was the trajectory that we were on in 95 and continue to be on up. Mm-hmm. Underfunded schools, shrinking classrooms with growing class sizes, and then the teachers wouldn't even teach anymore because why do that? The a TV can just do that. And when I was growing up, uh, Pepsi and other soda companies would subsidize some of that cost at the cost of constant advertising yeah. and you know delivering poison to young poison yeah. coffee to young people on a regular basis, which I think they've kind of curbed a little bit there's a big backlash to putting all the coke machines in schools and pepsi machines in schools perhaps so but i mean also the charter schools aren't the answer by the way kids don't don't (laughs) believe that i do want to reference the uh the martin prince clip he turns into sort of the phantom of the opera living under the school (laughs) and instead of playing like beethoven or bach he's playing walter murphy's (laughs) of fifth of beethoven in case you don't know who walter murphy is he's done a lot of stuff you might know him best for the music and theme to family guy Really? Oh this Walter God. Murphy. Wow, I, I read a great article that. about oh. the, that he lives in an RV traveling around the country wow. scoring Family Guy in that RV. What? So yes. this is a Walter Murphy's A Fifth of Beethoven. So we get a 70s reference in the uh, 2010s. Yeah, like that. All I can imagine is Peter Sellers leaving his millionaire's home. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I, and I just I have no other place to say it, but I want to do something with you guys because last night the Family Guy Simpsons crossover was on Adult Swim. Um, Watched it, and it, it, the joke, you mentioning the Emmys made me... Homer and Peter get in a fight, and Homer just lifts up this shield of Emmys and starts throwing them at Peter Griffin. He's like, hey, that's not fair. I don't have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. But I want to torture both of you somehow oh my God. in the near future. because it, it, It's 45 minutes without commercials. I, I have I have hate watched that before, and it, I, uh, it's miserable, and I remember I hate Stewie it. doing a rape threat mm-hmm. to Mo. And that which, whole awful yeah. fight. Uh, it's bad. It's <laughs> yeah. bad, folks. Yeah. Well, because it's a Family Guy episode with Simpsons in it. It was it's produced by the Family Guy people. Going through The Simpsons with a fine-tooth comb and watching how if Family Guy stages The Simpsons and how like 
the kitchen's in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so weird, but it, it, all the voices are right. It's so strange. And yes, yeah, someday, <laughs> I, maybe for charity, I'll tell yes, you guys. Uh, I will die after that podcast. <laughs> uh, so I like that Otto started his own business while Quimby has been indicted. And Muhammad Jafar is quite a good uh, name for him, his fake name. This is definitely one of those jokes where you have to be a Simpsons viewer to know who Quimby is and why he's fallen from grace. Mm-hmm. Like, that, it's not like, oh, hey, former Mayor Quimby, what are you doing in that taxi cab? And that it's an up upswing for Otto to be in charge of his own taxi company. Yeah, yeah. good thing, good, good for Otto. I mean, yeah. he really got it together after yeah. just kind of mm-hmm. hanging out on a mattress somewhere, smoking pot, <laughs> I like mustard, holding his own against Uber. <laughs> well, Uber had, I bet, yeah, in right, 2012, he got shut down by no, Uber right. pretty yeah. soon. But Lisa is super nervous about Hugh meeting the family, which she is rightly so. But the this U.S. hospitality, the way through a joke, they get away with burning a country's flag and stopping on it and putting shit all over Seinfeld Seinfeld did not get away with this it's the same fucking joke well it's different when you do Puerto Rico versus uh, also uh, it's live action versus a cartoon yes here they come raise the flag (laughs) oh Lisa yo you here's a little bit of US hospitality what do you think of that Now throw compost on it! Enjoy. Still warm. (laughs) You can easily misread Homer's Yo, Hugh! Yeah, sinister. Like, look what we did. Here's some American hospitality for you. We burned your flag. Like, just, it also, Marge says, throw compost on him! All I can think of now with all these fucking symbolists is like, Hugh, you're such a fucking baby. Who cares? Who yeah. cares? Your flag's on yeah, fire. Yeah, why are you crying? He probably, has, he probably has a bust of Margaret Thatcher in his house. <laughs> yeah, I would bet his family are total Thatcherites. He's a rich, he's the rich liberal of the family. This is not who I think Hugh is. He still is, he's a, as revealed by the end of the episode, he's a very classist guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a, he's an upper class guy who's, who's, it's, it's the common people song all over again. It's, it's weird. Yeah, there's a lot of class in this, in this episode and it only comes up at the end, but like, why would Lisa fall for this guy? They are such different people and he is clearly like wrapped up in well, because they're in stuff. their early 20s it's true they're they, in college clearly their Sex. affair their affair is at best a year long like yeah. it's a few yeah. months well it sounds like they meet kind of near the beginning of the school year burn pretty hot and then he says i can't bear to leave you at the beginning of the summer so mm. you know several months and, and then, they're getting married in August 1st. So. so it's reflective of the fact that maybe this wedding isn't such a great idea by the fact that he asks her to marry him like a, less than a year into the relationship before he's met her family. Mm, yeah. yeah. Not a great idea to propose before meeting it's, your in-laws. Yeah. Don't get married before 40, everybody. It's absolutely... But that I think at, at this time, especially when people were getting married a little earlier, that college yeah. was where you did that. Mm. It, I saw a lot of stories like that. That's how my parents, I think, did it. Yeah, I mean, college. but a lot of, but there was also like, you know, yeah, you're marrying your high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're getting married too early. I'm yeah. saying that they barely know one another. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. There's a great joke about Homer's lack of craftsmanship in this episode, where they're staying in a uh, in addition to the house, but like every exterior shot of the house, you can see he's built more than one addition <laughs> onto the house. So it's just a hideous house next to all these beautiful future houses. It's just him with terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. Built on the it, side it looks it. like the first thing you'd shoot in a video game. <laughs> it's like yeah, now that he has an empty nest, he's working on like hobbies or whatever. So yeah, and it makes a lot of sense in light of what he did to the foundation. Uh-huh. Yes, oh, that's true. I like too that just how 
he just rolls with the punches. I was like, be a dad, try to draw a bath. <laughs> and he he is appalled to see the Simpsons eating too. So Hugh, have you heard all the latest American jokes? Uh, here's a good one. Pull my finger. Uh, yes, we have that one in England too, Mr. Simpson. I said pull my finger. Ah, uh, Mom, <laughs> we've got my wedding dress fitting this afternoon. Maggie, if you're not doing anything, why don't you come with us? Maggie, don't talk with your mouth full. Me and Bart will take you out on the town this afternoon. Hugh should take it easy because of his fall. Oh, Lisa, please. The only thing bruised in that fall was my spine. I'll be delighted. Great. There's only one thing I ask in return. Certainly. Pull my finger. <laughs> he does have a very posh accent. Sorry. What oh, no. Saying? I was going to say, this is the first time in a while we've heard the ow, 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 yes. eating from everybody. The chomping, Not yes. just Homer. It's everybody. Yeah. But yeah, it is a very upper class accent. I mm-hmm. assume Andy Patinka would know which one to pick. Oh, yeah. He, like, he lives in a castle. Yes. He's, there, he's quite rich. He's there. got an estate. Yes. And having a lot of land, that's even more so than money to show that you're old money in England of just like, oh, we have an estate, lots of land, when there's not... There isn't lots of land in England to have yeah. to actually have that much space. Is a They're not big. that far from London. Uh, that place is, and given how much money real estate costs around that mm. kind of area, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I also did love the line right before that where Bart says that he's working on his aggression before law school. Yeah, because it would fit. With the timeline that he will be a Supreme Court justice, yeah. which is undone by other ones, especially him being a stoner loser in uh, in Bart to the Future. So he still hasn't seen the Itchy and Scratchy movie yet. Yeah, he still has timeline. I want that timeline to exist. I didn't like him being a wannabe Jimmy Buffett was just too much of a bummer. Yeah, like, I don't like it. I don't like that Bart would be that bad off. It's just too... It is a. There are absolutely dudes like that, but I don't like Bart becoming. That it's too dark. Dude. I like yes. that he's pursuing his passion, which is destruction, in a yeah. positive way. I'd say the one clunker joke in this episode is that wrong side of the road joke. I'm like, I feel mm. like I've seen this gag in 18 different movies. It's. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but all right, this list of celebrities. Mm. I got them here. If you want to read them ooh, off, ooh, this ooh. is. Let's do it. Okay, so the list. Of, well, actually, let's hear the clip, and then I'll read off the list. And tonight, the following celebrities have been arrested while Heather Locklear-Fortensky remains at large. <laughs> Remember, if you see any celebrities, consider them dangerous. You know I rather like this, Pop. Oh, an English boy, eh? You know, we saved your ass in World War II. Yeah, well, we saved your ass in World War Three. That's true. You, <laughs> something I want you to have. My dad gave me his cufflinks to wear on the day I married Marge, and they brought us good luck. I couldn't imagine a happier marriage. We don't have many traditions in our family. But it'd mean a lot to me if you kept this one alive. Well, I'd be honored to wear those things. <laughs> so, before the list, can I unpack the Fortensky uh, joke? That yes, yeah. So ridiculous. I uh, can't believe that base has any basis you, in reality. Go ahead, Chris. Like, I, do you know it? Yeah, it's it's a reference to Elizabeth Taylor's seventh husband. And last husband. And last yeah. final wow. husband. A, a lowly construction worker she met in rehab. Yeah. And, and so then that guy married Heather Locklear. That's with making it one of the most brilliant jokes no one will ever fucking <laughs> yeah. get. Yeah, they were married from 91 to 96, so this is somewhat recently in time. Like, okay. it was a scandal. It was uh, on a bunch of tabloid magazines. But, yeah. So I think one of her... 
fourth or sixth husband was just a, a, the first husband or the second husband. She married the one dude twice, didn't I she? Think, I think Heather Locklear non, Non-consecutive husbands? Yes. I think she's still with the guy from Bon Jovi. The other uh, guy from Bon Jovi. Mm, I for, totally forgot his name. Yeah, but mm. I remember, I just remember she was with that guy because she was asked by Triumph the Infidel Comic Dog what it was like to be with Tommy Lee and his giant penis. And then she says, well, every band guy I've been with has a giant penis, just like this guy. And, like, oh, she asked, he asked if Richie Sambor feathered his pubes. That's right, <laughs> yes. Feathered his, feathered his pubes. I like okay. that this is the second episode of Talking Simpsons to talk about Tommy Lee's giant penis. Yeah! yeah. Welcome, Cat. In every episode. I don't know <laughs> how. It's hard to avoid. <laughs> okay, so here's the list of celebrities that uh, are still at large. The Baldwin Brothers Gang, Dr. Brad Pitt, John 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 Kennedy, George Burns, still alive, infamous Amos, grandson of Sam, the artist formerly known as Symbol, the Prince Symbol. Symbol Boy. Uh, Tim Allen Jr. I love it. <laughs> Senator and Mrs. Dracula, the artist formerly known as Buddy Hackett. Madonna Bots Series K, Sideshow Ralph Wiggum, Wiggum, Martha Hitler, and Johnny Neutrino. Those are the those are the celebrities. Sideshow Ralph Wiggum. I I want to know the story there. That's an interesting future. Yeah. Yeah. Also, did John John Kennedy uh, uh, breed before he flew a plane into something? Or I feel like he had a kid. I didn't think so. It's kind of dark, actually. A super bachelor. Well, there's many. There's several jokes this episode of like, well, that person's dead. That person's dead. And Mo lost an eye somehow. Yes, perhaps in World War Three, which hasn't come yet. But we're trying. We're trying, man. (laughs) Though I guess England did not save our ass in the Iraq War. Like we 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 just made they helped us in being terrible together. And boy, Hugh is a real piece of shit. I think after this moment, yeah. just yeah. like it's such a token yeah, thing you could do for Lisa, but it's like you yep. can't break your upper classness. To it just, makes him look too ugly. Yeah. He's like, but I spent all this money on this suit, and you will make me. But look not bad. only that, but he he thinks it's okay to look totally down on Lisa's family mm-hmm. because yeah. she gave him kind of emotional permission to do so because she yeah. was very embarrassed by them. I think he can, he throws it, it is pretty cruel later how mm. he throws it back and like, you complain as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, I think it's the one thing this episode doesn't predict is social media. Mm. Oh, because no. of social media, Nobody in the fucking world would reject pig cufflinks. Yeah, you share it on your Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. Look adorable. Get a bunch of likes. He'd be on all over Reddit. Yeah, you know? exactly. He'd be all over Reddit. In general, people didn't realize how destructive and all-encompassing social media would be in the future. <laughs> yeah. Like that would be the true enemy. Though this did predict VR making a comeback. Yeah, true. And uh, virtual pool. I didn't have the clip because the sound is too horrible. <laughs> the, of, uh, but just the, him pressing the button and torturing. Fall them. to the floor. It's great. Uh, and then this actually would be my line in the shelf. We had already done it. You know, Fox turned into a hardcore sex channel so gradually, <laughs> I didn't even notice. Yeesh. Complete with the 70s porn music. Yes. I wish yeah. that was the case. I think that's my favorite dig at Fox that they do in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. It's And it's one of my favorite ways to just say how... Bad things happen so gradually you don't even notice. I love that phrasing. It's better than frog soup is mm-hmm. the easy is the classic way of saying it that if you dunk a frog and and immediately turn up the water all the way, the frog's mm-hmm. gonna jump out of hot water. If you mm-hmm. put him in cold water and slowly warm it up, he'll be boiled to death. So it, that's how something can change so gradually mm-hmm. you won't even notice. Mm-hmm. That's what though. That's more FX is actually the hard yeah. part. I still think America's it's not even that. got so many hang-ups with sex. Television is losing viewers so mm-hmm. rapidly. I would love someone to embrace 
sexuality replace fox with game of thrones something just something like that like look fuck the fuck what the fcc says we're doing nudity yeah we're showing sex we need, we need viewers. I don't. Why wouldn't we need it? to get over the sex stuff more totally. so than I violence? Mean, we already like, have. It's called uh, Game of Thrones. I know, but like the UK has like prescription sex over the over the air every single night. <laughs> well, Everybody jerk off, calm down, and yeah. watch a little bit of this, and then have spotted tea. They old in out, in out, and then go to bed. We did learn that uh, after Mo's bar, they apparently tried to rob a <laughs> porn warehouse <laughs> and they hid in a dumpster. That's so it. maybe he was a little right to hate yeah. the family, but he I don't has know. a good reason to be upset about if that. I'm at the Simpsons, I'd be like, oh my god. These are my in-laws? Okay. When speaking of sex, I like that it's not treated as a big deal that Lisa sleeps in the same bed as her fiancé. Yeah. Like, mm. I feel like even three years earlier, they would have been like, I don't know, Lisa is supposed to be a good girl. She doesn't sleep with her fiancé. Like, well, they should be clean until marriage. We know she's not a virgin. Uh, ah, yeah. that's true. Lisa, I can't believe it's your wedding day already. Mom, I feel kind of funny wearing white. I mean, Millhouse. Oh, Millhouse doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got something old. That's my pearl necklace. Something new is the wedding dress. Something borrowed is this antique brooch from Hugh's mother. Now I just need something blue. Here. Oh, mom! Thanks. That is so sweet. My yeah. God! And like the oh, third touching. consecutive lock of Marge's hair joke. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, Sarah's burns, Homer chops off a huge chunk of her hair. And yeah. Just you and me now, lock of hair. It's, uh, it's monstrous. This is a tiny yeah. strand of it. It's but more I, reasonable. And I like the subtle darkening of, uh, uh, sorry, lightening of Marge's hair in this episode. Tuner design. Same with Homer. That he has one hair on the top of his yeah. head, and his M is gone. It's just loose hair. His M is broken up. And also his Jetsons t-shirt, this yes. George Jetson shirt, is pretty oh, that's great, right. too. That's Jetsons yeah. reference. And, but yes, Lisa's first time was with Milhouse, which, like, ugh, boy. I just realized they don't address Santa's Little Helper or Snowball, too, if they no. ever had any more dogs after that or yeah. any more cats. That would be, that's a depressing that's the next episode. Yeah. Yes. They're the worst pet owners in the universe, so I hope not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, also, though, later in, that was one thing I did like in the, 2011 future episode that implied Lisa in college experimented and even had a girlfriend briefly among other boyfriends. Yeah. But uh, we go to the cheap showiness of nature and uh, we see that Frank is crossbred with Blinky at some point. I think of is... that uh, showiness of nature line at every outdoor wedding I'm at. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> in the cheap showiness of nature. <laughs> and it's pretty depressing that Bart's been divorced twice by age 25. Though I knew friends who were like, had been divorced divorced twice by 22. Yikes. I, in, that sounds like Florida. Florida to me. Yes. Yeah. Hey, come on. That's Youngstown, Ohio, too. Uh, it's Don't true. Judge. It's true. It's the Florida of uh, <laughs> Northeast Ohio. Uh, and... And also Homer, uh, Homer meeting the Parkfields was great too. Just the, the, just the fear that Hugh has. Like, okay, that's that's not so bad. <laughs> and it's Dan Castellaneta meeting himself. So yes, yeah. It took me literally years for my partner's parents to meet my own parents. Oh, so, really? Wow. Yeah, because Ugh, I can't imagine that. Long story, but they didn't meet until we had already moved to California, which and wow. this would have been like 2014 for various reasons and i was so freaking nervous because they were very different my partner's parents were hippies oh, wow. uh they smoked pot they <laughs> were very they lived in the city my parents are the Coal definition miners. of suburbanites mm. and they're not and exactly 
they're not exactly in this that kind of vein, but they're, you know, pretty conservative, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, are they going to get along? Are they going to argue about politics? Am I going to want to die? <laughs> so weird. No, they actually got along, which was even weirder because suddenly her father was saying, you know, you should listen to your father, Cat. He really has a lot of like, good ideas. I'm going, oh my God, no. Oh, no. <laughs> they're, they're, they're parents cranking up at me. United against you. <laughs> I, I never thought of that. Our My girlfriend, our parents, after eight years, have never met. But mm, no. matchmaking mm. for adults sounds like a fucking nightmare. I've never had parents meet parents either Oof. no it's, oh, it's when terrifying. my parents came into my office it was like you can't combine these two universes get them the fuck out of here worlds are colliding yes yeah well, i like my boss more now <laughs> <laughs> my solution now though is when my parents come to visit i go why don't you go hang out with my girlfriend's parents bye mm, <laughs> that uh, that octopusy line is great too of all british things homer could think of is a lesser james bond film <laughs> i must have seen it twice twice then we get a depressing scene of seeing Edna and Maud still alive in the future. Who are they're both dead in continuity now. The, they they killed off Edna because of the voice actress. Uh, but Patty is not yet gay. Yes, no, that's true. Well, I mean, well, you don't know. know that she can still want that uh, bouquet you know, for a someone's gay. Someone's the wedding. only someone's the only one who says it, right? Oh, that's true. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Wow, you know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that Selma's always the one that wants to have a boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patty has the afro. Selma has like the split <laughs> afro. That's how I know. Uh, but then we see the guest of honor did make it. They must have found a, a cure for the 17th stab wound. Hmm. Hey, Grabapo, you get in the way of that bouquet. I'll stuff that sun hat down your neck. <laughs> Smithies, take me home. I'm not fully defrosted. Nonsense. Just sit down and rest for a moment. There you go. Oh, no. You've got a little situation here. I can't feel anything below my cummerbund. So Mr. Burns dies at Lisa's wedding. There's no way he's bouncing back from this. There's no repairing it from that. I just love Smithers like, uh, keep it under control kind of feeling. Just uh, just seeing Burns snap in half. Oh, it's beautiful. It's ridiculous, but beautiful. Uh, and then we get a very touching speech from Homer to Lisa. Okay, so James L. Brooks is all over this oh, yeah. dialogue, and I love it. Lisa, Dope. we're not supposed to see. Ooh la la! Hi, Dad. You look great, sweetheart. Thanks. Little Lisa, Lisa Simpson. You know, I always felt you were the best thing my name ever got attached to. Since the time you learned to pin your own diapers, you've been smarter than me. Oh, Dad. No, no, let me finish. I just want you to know I've always been proud of you. You're my greatest accomplishment, and you did it all yourself. You helped me understand my own wife better and taught me to be a better person. But you're also my daughter. I don't think anybody could have had a better daughter than you. Dad, you're babbling. See? You're still helping me. It's sweet, but still very stupid, which is (laughs) a a tricky thing to do with Homer. And this is where the parallels with Lisa Substitute come in, Mm. because... In Lisa's Substitute, obviously, she meets someone with her own intellect, and that puts it in direct opposition to her father, right? And so she comes to kind of resent her father, and, like, she really has a lot of trouble with it. And at the end of Lisa's Substitute, she ultimately comes to grips with the fact that she's a Simpson, Mm -hmm. and she can't escape that, and she finds some closure with her father, but not really. Like, they've just kind of... Made it's more like settling. Yeah. Set, settling into the idea that you're going to have to raise your father as much as he raises yeah. you. Yeah. But in this one, she, again, in direct conflict with her father. But her father, who in the past was always so judgmental or ignorant of her gifts, was always bagging on her, playing sax and everything, telling her to shut up. And this is especially in Lisa's Substitute. Here he's finally come to realize that she is better than him, hmm. that she's smarter, yeah. that she's yeah. wonderful, she has gifts, 
And that is from the heart. Like, he recognizes this. And it's actually one of the sweetest moments in The Simpsons. And yeah. in that moment, there is emotional closure. And that is bookending what happened in Lisa's yeah, episode. Wow, I like this uh, this really mellowed out Homer. Like, he really gets along with Bart in this episode. They're best yeah. buddies in this episode, always hanging out together and doing crimes. I totally <laughs> believe it because they're so similar. Yeah. Once once Bart could drink, he's like, oh, this, yeah. this unlocked all of our problems. We can just drink together. By Adult? the way. Yeah. I take no credit for the bookending uh, Lisa Substitute thing because mm-hmm. uh, somebody else wrote this. Uh, and I, I thought, oh, wow, that's actually really amazing. But I, I wanted to I have no problem taking that. credit for it. It was <laughs> me. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is beautiful. And you get to see that Homer did grow and learn. I especially mm-hmm. like him saying that he understood his wife better because in a previously written Greg Daniels episode mm, yeah. of A Secrets of a Successful Marriage, that's literally what Lisa does for him. So that he can, that he can recognize that. But... Unfortunately, it's not a happy ending because she sees that he's wearing the cufflinks because Hugh decided not to wear them, and uh, it all goes downhill once Lisa confronts him about that. Lisa, we're not supposed to see each other before the wedding. It's tradition. What about my family's tradition? Surely you don't want me to wear those in front of my parents and their friends. But you Mm. promised my dad you would. I was just humoring him, darling. Actually, he frightens me a bit. I know they look a little silly, but his feelings will be hurt if you don't wear them. Fine. I must say you were right. This has been quite trying. You know, I've attempted to enjoy your family on a personal level, on an ironic level, uh, as a novelty, as camp, as kitsch, as a cautionary example. Nothing works. Frankly, I'll be quite relieved when we get back to England and we won't have to deal with them. Are you saying we won't see my family again? Well, possibly your mother will come when the children are born. I can't believe I'm hearing this. I don't want to cut my family out of my life. Really? But Lisa, you're better than this place. You're like a flower that grew out of a pot of dirt. That's a horrible thing to say! Oh, come on. You complain about them more than anyone. Maybe, but I still love them. And I don't think you understand that. Lisa, you dodged a bullet. Yeah, yeah. he's so yeah. cruel in this mm-hmm. scene. He's just like, I can't accept your family even as a joke, like, even as yeah. a living joke. They irritate the shit out of me. I could swallow it for four days, but that's it, and I will never talk to them again. Like, not even letting her invite her family when the children are born. Like, that's really yes. not only like, that. That's abusive. Yes. We'll keep the yeah. children from your family. To Cat's well, earlier point. Maybe you weren't ready to get married. You don't seem to know each other very yeah. well. Yeah. Well, do you? The plan that he's going to like lock her up in England, <laughs> yes. too. It's like, that was the plan? Dude. Yeah. Like, uh, like By it's... year four, I think they usually have a pretty good idea of what you're getting into with a person. Because mm. by then, you probably spent a lot of time together. Maybe you're living together. And you get to see their personal habits. And you can only hide the other side of your personality for so long. And True. eventually, the novelty will fade. And that is what we were starting to see. We saw the real side, perhaps, of Hugh's personality, which is, well, frankly, very classist, uh, mm. kind of cruel, uh, very selfish. I would forgive him for being a little disappointed with Springfield or thinking like, no, your family are freaks. But <laughs> knowing that you have to accept them as part of her because Lisa doesn't hate them. She, yeah. she's She's also embarrassed by them, but she loves them. And you do kind of have to take... Yeah. The family with her. Like, it's not to say if you don't like your family, I totally am cool with you being done with them. I'm done with them too. Who cares? But if you do want them to be part of your life, then you kind of got to accept that as part of your partner's life too, you know? I kind of understand the, the idea of like family that you choose, being embarrassed mm-hmm. by your family. I know that there are often times where I just kind of face palm and go, oh my God, my family. <laughs> Seriously. And like I said, I was 
kind of embarrassed to introduce him to my partner's family. Mm. But uh, I don't know. It, it's maybe something a little different when someone starts telling me that they are garbage and mm. that I am like better than them. And I'm like going, hold on, hold on. You don't get to say that. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. not cool. No. He calls them a cautionary example. Cautionary <laughs> example. Uh, so yes, the wedding is off. <clears throat> Stop everything! <laughs> the wedding has been called off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is very sad news, uh, and it never would have happened if the wedding had been inside the church with God instead of out here in the cheap showiness of nature. Who wants cake? <laughs> That's why you go to a wedding for the cake. Mm-hmm. So Krusty is basically Groucho Marx in the 70s. Yes. I was trying it's to pick what old celebrity yeah. Groucho. If you've seen Groucho in the interviews of Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. uh, he he looks just like him. As in he is a wilting man in a wheelchair. With a beret. With a beret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of, uh, okay, so we bring up the Gilbert Godfrey podcast on every episode of the show. Uh, one of Gilbert's best impressions is aging Groucho Marx. <laughs> and it goes on forever. Because <laughs> he just tells pointless stories. Yeah, it's sort of like a, like a Grandpa Simpson kind of thing uh and i like that uh, M- nelson apparently had a kid when he was like 20 and they're now <laughs> laughing together and just the <laughs> maybe even younger than that like 16 mm. or something because yeah that kid's like eight or nine that's true well though he was held back in school you'd think he, he yeah. seemed like he was 12 in bart's grade he but... seems like a kind of kid the kind of guy who would have a kid at, at like 18 or whatever yeah if bart's been divorced twice you think he's <laughs> yeah, probably exactly he's had several baby mamas but he invited a lot of assholes to the wedding <laughs> well <laughs> Well, Lisa, in the future past, she will have she will have a kind of a her first kiss will be with Nelson, oh, you're so right. That's right. that might be why she invites him. Uh, then we get the honestly quite heartwarming ending. The next day, Hugh goes back to England, and you never see him again. Wow! Now that I know all this, isn't there any way to change the future? No, but try to look surprised. <laughs> she said you'd tell me about my true love. Oh, you'll have a true love. But I specialize in foretelling the relationships where you get jerked around. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa, Lisa, where were you? You missed the most incredible thing. Hi, Dad. I ate seven pounds of fudge. Wow. The man at the stand said it was a record. Wow. What else did you do, Dad? I rode the teacups. Then I got a little sick and I had to sit down. But then I rode them again. That's Aww. so cute, yeah. It's Lisa learning to accept Homer for who he is after seeing yeah. what happened in the future. Oh, it's beautiful. And the, the I just love the statement effect of like, no, you can't change it. That's exactly what happened. But act surprised. Try to act It's surprised. a weird hybrid of a dog and a baby who also pays your bills. So. Yes. <laughs> Learn to live with it. I also uh, have to correct Lisa. She said she'd hear a story of her true love. No, she said first love. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I like but, how uh, she catches the Esquilax and brings it back. It's a very yeah. cute thing. They didn't mm-hmm. let the Esquilax die. That's true. <laughs> oh, God, it's beautiful too. Esquilax. Just her, just her leaving the, the. Well, I just love the shot too of Lisa slowly backing away while the woman is still there, just blankly staring at her after laughing and throwing a smoke grenade. That's a great one-off <laughs> character. The yeah. really weird psychic. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, 
Ah, uh, just a heartwarming ending all around. I love that. I yeah. love that episode. You get it's a classic. So my favorite ever. Mr. X, and yeah, just like they set the bar way too high for their future episodes. Their future, future, future. episodes. Their last future episode, Days of Future Future, was really good. It's um, okay, but nothing can top. Oh yeah, nothing can top. It's so yeah. well constructed, mm-hmm. and they do such a great job with Lisa. And I'm a sucker for Lisa Homer episodes mm-hmm. in yeah, general me too. because. When it's a Lisa Homer episode, Homer starts to act more like a human being again, mm-hmm. and he actually becomes kind of relatable. I love that relationship, and so I'm very fond of this. They're Emmy gold cats. <laughs> the last one won an Emmy. Yeah, this one did too. Yeah. Mm. And in light light trivia, I, I was reading this reveals Lisa's middle name it was Lisa Marie. Marie yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. So cute. For like, you may know her better as Michael Jackson's former wife. Yes. I um, think there are very many Lisas that have the middle name Marie. Yeah, I'm not so sure too. why. Italians. I don't know. Italians. Probably. It's always the Italians. It's always the Italians. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think they, they said the first time Lisa Simpson tw- tw- uh, trended on Twitter was the date of this wedding mm. in 2010. Uh, and I think 2010 is when season 25 was Jeez. airing. Yep. Yeah, they uh, go to the 2010 Olympics in London. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Holy shit. So yep. thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Talking Simpsons. I've been your host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts, a classic gaming podcast every Monday at Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. I, I think I've said it a billion times. It's a classic gaming podcast. We've been around forever. And if you haven't heard of us, I say uh, shame on you, sir or madam. Uh, but please listen. We, we would like you to listen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this podcast turned into a Patreon, <laughs> so gradually I didn't even know this. And you should go to Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons to support us there. And that support leads to us doing awesome things such as a live Talking Simpsons. Simpsons at SF Sketchfest. Yes, wow. I'm gonna, so exciting. I'm going to keep promoting this uh, every episode until January 28th at 5 Leave the room empty. The, the people will show up, and it's <laughs> it's at the Piano Fight Bar, 5:30 p.m. on January 28th, 2018, if in else, San I'll Francisco. Yes, I, oh, we, we have tons of friends who will show up. Listen, I can fill a room with retronauts. I can fill a room uh, with talking Simpsons. Yes. I am the king of podcast panels. I can't get 20 people to watch a YouTube video. Uh, like I, I just have no faith in it. Well, they don't get there's no beer being served there yeah. so sf sketch fest is tons of fun we're super honored to be part of it so keep an eye out for that in january 28th mm. and uh cat don't be like uh hugh and come back again because as i believe hugh never has never come back in any form well, he's a made-up dude from the future so yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's really non-canon and yeah. the psychic was right you'll never see him again mm-hmm. yep. don't worry i'll keep inviting myself on and yeah. in the meantime you can find me on us gamer which is my day job mm. and i'm on twitter at the underscore catbot. Uh, speaking of retronauts, uh, I should have some episodes coming up pretty soon. I re- spent one day recording like three in a row. Yes, so. but if you fight on Twitter anymore, Cat, you're being deleted from <laughs> retronauts history. <laughs> oh no, my God, <laughs> your That's legacy. Terrifying. Yes, I, I have stolen his podcast tactics. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Makes sense in a time traveling episode, but uh, yeah, and you should also check out my other podcast, Axel Blood God, mm-hmm. which is US Gamers RPG podcast, mm-hmm. which I host every week. With Nadia on Fridays, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are sold. Yes. And Laser Time, 302010, Video Apocalypse, all that bullshit. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week with Two Dozen and One Greyhounds. 